We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Sunday, October 23rd. We are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and part of DailyThunder.com. I am your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got two guys that I saw 24 hours ago. Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. And we've got Taylor Peterson. Hey, that was a 8 p.m. tip. We were a... Still, uh, still not finished with the game at this, this point. This is true. That's a good that point. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Crazy. Um, Seven p.m. tip on tonight's game against the Timberwolves. I did Even not know Jacob this. Thought it was six until about five. <laughs> I. Uh, so my dad and I. I was going with my dad to the game tonight, and I was running behind. I had a whole bunch of stuff going on this morning, and I was like, I got to get to the gym, get a workout in before I go to the game. So I brought like my clothes with me so I could shower at the gym oh, and nice. leave my dad and go. And I was like, I got 45 minutes. I'm going to like superset these legs and just kill myself <laughs> and then go to the game. And then I saw a tweet that from Bally that said coverage starts at six 30. And I was like, six 30. So I looked at the schedule and it said 7 PM. And I was like, there's a typo. Every Sunday game is at right? six. Uh-huh. And I point. knew, I knew Nick was going to be at the game tonight. So I called him. And I was like, what time does the game start? Seven o'clock. I was like, dude, screw me. This sucks. <laughs> so I slowed my nice, workout down. Uh, got a nice uh, power lift in though, right? Yeah. yeah took my time. Right. Took my time. Um wish the game started at six. So it could have gotten over earlier because that was ugly. That was ugly. The was Thunder <laughs> play the Minnesota Timberwolves for the second time in a week. They lose this one 116-106. And boys, it was not that close. No, it was not. We had a nice little garbage time run at the end of the game. Very uh, much so. That shrank that lead, but it 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 got bad fast too. Mm-hmm. Beginning of that fourth quarter, fast. it just snowballed. I so I actually not to jump straight into game recap, 
Um, but I, there was an, a barrage of three pointers for the Timberwolves. So I went back to the box score and counted it. Um, early in the fourth, Minnesota's up 82 76. Close game. Then the Wolves hit six straight three pointers. Oh my gosh. Um, during that same stretch, Oklahoma City makes one field goal. Now, if you have to caveat that with they did go six of six from the free throw line during that stretch, but still. Six straight three-pointers from the Wolves, blew it open, never looked back. Um, they just, they they went off. They, Nas Reed, Anthony it Edwards. It was everybody. That's the thing, too. Yeah, it was that's like, true. It was a it was bunch of different guys, not, not any one person. They only shoot 29%. They only make 10 threes on the whole evening, but six of them came in like a three-minute stretch in mm-hmm. the fourth quarter. <laughs> so let's, let's break this one down a little bit, guys. We found out pregame. Shea Gilgis Alexander with a hip contusion. Uh, he suffered last night in Denver. Uh, late scratch, did not play. Did uh, talk to the OKC crowd tonight. Told us to keep it keep safe it and keep it lit. Uh, noted, Shay. Will do. <laughs> I'm going to write that on my bathroom mirror. Keep it that safe, keep it lit. Keep it lit. Taylor, that should have been your intro tonight. <laughs> oh, missed opportunity. That's good Good advice missed for your favorite candle. Hmm. Keep it safe. Keep it lit. Yep. Um, uh, so no shade tonight. And then uh, during the second half, uh, I believe about halfway through the third quarter, Josh Giddy turned an ankle on defense, uh, kind of hobbled. Uh, Taylor noticed he was getting checked out by a trainer during a timeout. And then we get the Thunder PR I don't know. Tweet. Tim McMahon um, thinks that the Thunder are just pulling players intentionally. So. Pulling levers. See, game I, three, I, baby. I didn't, I didn't get that context from those tweets i don't know i i'm probably looking a little too far into it but we can get into that later you're just you're just jaded yeah that he is you're just jaded um (laughs) so josh giddy turned ankle out so now the thunder no chet no shay no josh no jada uh four of my predicted five starters back at summer league seriously though yeah that's that can't be ignored when you look at how bad this game was right like yeah. that's that's yeah. a very big deal. It's, I I don't want to make myself sad tonight. Too late. I know. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I just live with it now. Um, Hello, darkness, my old friend. Every game I've watched this team play, I think, man, if they had a seven foot rim protector, uh-huh. it'd be way different. I mean, Indeed. it it sucks. Changing it, I, things just a smidge. I really want to watch Chet play. It sucks. But so let's dive into this one a little bit, guys. Besides those injuries, um, I was tweeting the game tonight for us. I know you guys were watching. Horrible start. And that's a theme we're going to talk about here in a bit when we get to our Thunder Thoughts. Horrible start where the defense was just absolutely atrocious. I mean, it was just a revolving door to the rim. Like yep. put those dudes in some tuxedos with the little, uh, the little white napkin hanging over and just <laughs> gesture them right to the rim. That's what they did for that first Silver quarter. Uh, it, it was, it was awful. The thunder once again, went to doubling Carl Anthony towns, which I don't really understand because every time they doubled him, he just threw a swing pass to the opposite side and Minnesota got a wide open layup or a wide open shot. Just looked really bad. Um, Defense toughened up a little bit uh, as we went on throughout the game. Uh, the first quarter was especially bad. The Thunder got outscored 31 to 18. You're not really going to dig at yourself. This. Look at this shot chart to to illustrate your point. Yeah. 
there's a lot of blue dots in the lane <laughs> right around the basket from the yeah they game. didn't kill you because they got hot from three you just gave them everything yeah. at the front of the rim man literally like it's it's all around the rim and then like one three and one wing shot and everything else is basically just in the paint in the paint yep so it's may- maybe that's a, a seven foot rim here. protector might help yeah it might help that <laughs> right. exactly Right. And, uh, and not Alexei Pokushevsky, who played center uh, right. there in the third and fourth quarters. Yeah. However, I think that's a good transition to the starting lineup for tonight. Obviously, no yes. Shea throws a big wrench into things. However, Lou Dort, JRE, uh, JRE gets the, the nod this time. After not getting the nod, uh, the starting nod against the Timberwolves in game one, Kenrich gets the nod again, just like he did in game one against the Timberwolves. And then Josh Giddy and Trey Mann, which makes a lot of sense. Trey Mann and their first GA. I think we all predicted that when we got the news about Shea being out. Just really like like you mentioned, Jacob, slow start offensively, but just looks so timid, rigid, no flow whatsoever. It basically was Ken and to his credit, he kept the thunder in the game because he was able to do this, but basically relying on Josh Giddy being able to get to the rim and him and Trey being able to create for others. Mm-hmm. Which was limited. It was all bad. I mean, it was just every <laughs> everything in the first quarter was bad. They couldn't score, they couldn't defend. Yep. They they couldn't do anything. It it looked it was just bad. Again, uh they end the first quarter down 31-18. You're gonna have a hard time digging out of that hole. Uh yep. Kieran in the chat says Go Bear just has to pump fake once to get a six foot seven defender in the air. I mean, <laughs> it's true. Yep. How about Happened Jay Will? For, first, uh welcome to the NBA. Here's Rudy Gobert. That's a fun that's a fun assignment. Yeah. And he hey, took a charge. He took it. Very first thing he did is took yes. a charge. Amen. On brand. Right on brand. <laughs> we got to talk about Lugans Dort. We gave him player of the game tonight. Uh, we tweeted out his his image, his his little uh, pretty little thing. He posted uh, some stats. He had 20 points. He had three rebounds. He had two assists. He had two steals. He was also six of 15, two of seven from three. In a game worst minus twenty nine. Oof. Yeah. Minus twenty nine. He played thirty minutes. That was the most on the team. Uh, Getty only with twenty two. Man with twenty eight. JRE with twenty six. I mean, he gets player of the game. If I had to choose a player of the game tonight, I probably would have went with Jeremiah. Yep. I thought Jeremiah played well. Uh, also. Yep. Door just five of six from the floor to your point, Jacob, compared to yep. six of 15, which isn't terrible. Uh, two of seven from three, though. That's where it gets interesting. I mean, both of those numbers aren't great. You don't like either of those numbers. They're, um, they're better in context of the first two games. They're not yes. great in context of where yeah. you'd like to see both of those numbers. Lots of forcing mm-hmm. by Lou Dort. Lots of forcing. It just, it, it, it almost feels that- like palpable. My, yep. my my question is, do you think that's Dort's decision? Or is that something from Dagnall saying, like, I, I had that go do same this. question, Justin. That's interesting. Game. I don't know. And it, that's the interesting thing is we see, and this is a separate topic we'll get into. We won't dive into it here. But just to mention it as a comparison, we see uh, Baisley and you know, Poku get pulled immediately more defensively and physicality related. Um, but even like Trey Mann will get pulled. Even tonight we saw him get pulled for taking question, you know, making questionable decisions where Lou just has this ultimate green light. And maybe that's trust built up. Lou's been here since the CP three year, 2019, 2020. Um, he's been in big game situations. 
but man, like I just, it, he's very much playing outside of his role right now. Um, and a lot of that has to do with Shay not being in the game, but even last yep. night, you know, we talked about this on last night's podcast. He needs to be honed in a bit. And, and yep. it's interesting to me that Dignall seems to have these, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not restrictions, these rules for other players, but at times it doesn't seem to be quite as applicable to guys yeah. like Lou. That, that's part of what makes me wonder, does he have a directive to force some shots? Like he, he has taken seven threes in every single Thunder game this season, six yeah. in the first one, seven in the next two. That, that feels, feels way too high. It it does feel high, but it feels also like specific. Yeah. yeah. And I and I wonder like Take Commander Dort. Everyone's talking about Chip England. We've talked about him a lot with Josh Giddy. JRE mentioned Chip England in the postgame. Maybe Chip England's been spending some time with Lou Dort. And maybe what we're seeing, not I haven't enough. like I'm not smart <laughs> enough to like break down the video. Nick, I know you're watching. This is a good homework project for you. <laughs> like go <laughs> maybe something's changed with his mechanics or something that he's doing, and they want to go see him work it out on the court. I have no idea. I'm just spitballing, but it, it definitely, I agree with you, Jacob. It, it seems like he is calling his own number a lot and it yeah. feels like a weird choice, but maybe, maybe there's something there that they want to explore with him. I don't know. Could be. I think Could the be. interesting, maybe even frustrating thing is like, he'll go jack up a terrible three point shot or just force a drive into the lane with two defenders like Rudy and cat um, and throw something up in the very next play. Like, I think this was the second quarter. Correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys remember this play, but he drives down uh, to the rim, has a cutting, I believe it was JRE, uh, just a gorgeous no-look shovel pass, essentially, to a wide-open JRE, or maybe it was Kenrich for a wide-open layup. It's like, you, you see the positives there, but mm -hmm. it's just, there's a lot of forced things uh, yep, definitely. with it. We'll touch more on Dort here in a little bit. To finish up this game, let's talk a little bit about rotations. Um, a few interesting minutes things tonight. Coach talked about this post game. He said they want to get a lot of guys minutes. Um, he's not really playing a rotation right now. He's just getting guys in the game. They're trying to see what works. Um, they played a lot of guys tonight. A lot of guys. I they think that was, four, part of that 14. was out of, out, of, out of necessity and yep. just out of the, you know, garbage time. One thing of significance I thought was tonight was Usman Jang's most minutes in a game. It was also his first game to get minutes in a second half. Yeah. And I thought it was Usman's most productive NBA game. Uh, his stat line isn't anything to like freak out about. He's two of six, one of three from three, he had five points, six rebounds, uh, three assists, one steal, two blocks. I mean, kind of filled with stat sheet team best plus 15, but I just thought looked a little less lost and a little more intentional out there tonight. And that earned him second half minutes. And I thought there were a few plays where guarding like a wing, he just blanketed dudes. Like someone would try to drive on him and he just swallowed him up and made him like reroute them back out to like escorted them out of the club. Basically. Uh, he's like a bouncer <laughs> uh, going up against guys like go and towns. He struggled because he's just not yeah. physical and he's, he's a baby. But I, I thought I saw some good stuff from him tonight. I also think it's interesting that he logged uh, 23 minutes yep. compared to, and we're going to talk about this in a second, Darius Baisley's four and, and Pokashevsky's 13. Or 13, yep. yep. 
Yep. Now we talked about uh, Jang last night, right? And one thing that you mentioned, I believe, Jacob, was that the game's just moving very fast for him, which is expected coming in as a rookie. Well, Daniel had a quote about that at pregame saying that uh, it's fast for him right now. The foundation for him as a player is he's got to compete and play hard. We're fairly confident in him. Fast forward to tonight, right? And <laughs> that is, we're fairly confident. Fair, like, <laughs> I know we're we're fairly confident in him. Bold you know, statement. Uh, no, we, that's like if I go in for heart surgery and the doctor says I'm fairly oh, confident I can do this. I'm not feeling too good. I did stay. Probably not moving forward with the procedure. <laughs> tonight he looked much more comfortable. Um, the game slowed down for him a bit, and to see that so early, I mean, again, Jake, I actually think I tweeted this out. Like with Us showing these these flashes, I would like to see him chip into some of those Basley and Poku minutes. Yeah. Great today. Yeah. It, tonight. It's, <laughs> it's obvious, you know, the, the speed of the game is obvious that that's a learning curve, but I agree. The, the fact that he has been able to make some meaningful contributions this early has exceeded my expectations for him. When, when the thunder drafted him, that block that he had tonight, he jumped so high. Yeah, it was impressive. I thought it was a goaltend. I had to watch the replay because watching long boy, he didn't seem like he was jumping that high. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like he did it so casually, but when you actually look where his arm is at, when he makes contact with the ball, it is so far above the rim. Um, that, that was like a nice little glimpse of, of some of his potential of like what he could do. If he, you know, gets that adjustment, starts feeling more comfortable, really, really exciting uh, to, to get that little flash from Oos. Agreed. Agreed. And I, again, he's looked a little more comfortable, I think, as a whole, which is yep. exciting to see. And to see him get those minutes in the second half, some of that, uh, you know, Jacob mentioned that. Some of that is due to Giddy. We'll get into that as well. Uh, he's taken out. Uh, it, or I say taken out. He's announced out for the Injured. end of the third quarter yep. due to that ankle injury, um, which I found interesting. Like, it, I noticed, I think it was, I don't know. A couple minutes earlier, there was a timeout where I could tell a trainer was going over and kind of looking mm-hmm. at that area. So I figured it was probably an ankle injury, and sure enough, it was. I think that's probably why Usman got a little more burn in the second half sure. than maybe he would have if, if Giddy wasn't there. But he performed really well with that time given to him, and I hope that uh, that earned him swarm minutes moving forward. Well, speaking of, we kind of touched on him a second ago, but basically four minutes Poku, 13 minutes. A few interesting quotes. Pre-game, coach talked about Poku, said he pulled him early in the third last night and didn't bring him back because of a physicality issue and that he would get another opportunity tonight. Um, and then after the game tonight, he was asked about, you know, pulling guys rather quickly if they're not doing what he, coach wants them to do. And then he there was a follow-up specifically about pulling Baisley uh, and what Baisley didn't do. And Coach kind of got defensive and didn't want to answer. Um, said they uh, he wasn't going to get into specifics about each individual decision uh, and individual players that they have got a lot of guys they want to get in. Um, but guys, I, th- I think it comes down to, for Poku, physicality. And for Baisley, just playing like solid basketball. The, the second half when Baisley got in, Back-to-back plays. It was Baisley drive to the rim and just completely smoke a layup off the glass. I thought he had a dunk. He tried to like go fancy left-handed and just like blasted it off the glass and missed. (laughs) 
got down to the other end, got switched on to Ant Edwards, sagged off two steps, and Ant just hit him right in the eye with a three. Uh, Ant Edwards, we haven't mentioned him. He was phenomenal. He made up for that game one. I mean, holy (laughs) phenomenal. That was insane. Um, Immediately after that, Baisley to the bench. uh, Didn't come back four minutes tonight. Poku came back in um, early in the fourth. I thought played like intentionally physical basketball, flew in for an offensive rebound and did some crazy like over the back flip shot for for a bucket. Um, tried to be a little more physical on defense at the rim. It wasn't very successful, but you could see it. The physicality one is interesting to me, guys. I kind of want your opinions on this because when Coach Mark says he wants them to be physical, to me, when I look at Poku, being physical has nothing to do with your actual human body. Hmm. It's a mindset. Exactly. Physicality is a mindset, and Poku does not play with that. And when you look at him in comparison to Chet Holmgren, who wants the smoke from literally everyone, yep. uh, there's just a very firm difference. I feel like Jang sometimes doesn't play physical. Yep. Um, Baisley has stretches where he does. Yep. But it feels right now that outside of the Thick Boys, as I've nicknamed them, Omarui <laughs> and Lou yep. Dort. Yes. And then Shea Dort plays, or Shea Dort, Shea Gilgis Alexander plays physical. Josh plays physical. But as far as the big guys, they don't go. They don't have guys that want to play physical. I mean, JRE does it, but JRE is the textbook. Let me go put on my hard hat. Uh, Nick Paulson, pack, pack a Mold. damn ham sandwich in my metal lunch pail, and go blue collar, and go work at the construction site. And sit on the steel beam while I eat my ham sandwich. The epitome of Oklahomans, as uh, Sam Presti likes to call it. Uh, I he's think sucking Muscala, oil out of the Muscala. ground out of a straw. I mean, he's he's the <laughs> the the epitome <laughs> of like the hard hat physical kind of guy. But besides that, like their bigs aren't physical. Yeah. Muscala, they, I mean, he had some good flashes tonight and, and played physical, especially for his size. Uh, provided the offensive spark that the Thunder desperately needed all really yeah. first half. But uh, great to, M- Mike can only, I mean, I love Mike Muscala. He can only give yep. you so much, right? Right. Hey, exactly. speaking of physical, Mike and Jade McDaniels. Yeah, getting yeah. after it. That's like dad getting Spicy. into his getting into his kid a little bit. Old <laughs> yes. man Mike. Welcome to the that. league. Dace no, just think, wants guys that got that dog in them. He does. What, uh, I mean, but really, it, there's, yes, and there's a good. couple of guys on this team that they need. They need to go to they the pound. Need to they dog. need to go to the animal welfare center. They need to find a dog because they ain't cultured. got one right now. Their dog's more like a corgi. No, they um, got that cat in them. <laughs> no that goldfish. He, he's he's actually a timber wolf. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's good. The we should the, do a podcast one day. About what type of dog each Thunder guy each got. Thunder in. guy has. I love it. Love it. Oh my gosh. Oh, that feels like a terrible podcast. That anyway, would be incredible. Um, season pod. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to say anymore. Physicality. I promise it was under physicality. Be great. Um, <laughs> Jay, Jay Will, like you said, first, you know, comes in True. and immediately tries to take a charge. Got that dog in him. Yeah, there, there's, um, there's a little bit of dog in there. Okay. I remember what I was going to say now. What I think is interesting is like you're seeing a much shorter leash with oh. the players this year. And I love it. I think it's due to we got some guys on this team, actually. Like last year, it's like you had some guys and you had some filler. 
Mm-hmm. And the filler, a lot of them are not in the league. Well, actually, they somehow are in the league, um, just not valuably. But yeah. this year, it, it feels like there's, you know, if you're not going to get it done, there's someone waiting right behind you on the bench that can go take your minutes. And I kind of love it so far for, for where this team's at and what they're trying to do. We We talked about on our season preview episode that one of the main goals of the season should be player development. Find out who you got. Hey. Darius Baisley, you're not getting it done. Four minutes. Enjoy the bench. We're going to give Usa a chance. We're going to give Jay Will a chance. We're going to give, you know, Aaron Wiggins an extended run. Like there's guys that can come in and take your minutes if you're not going to do something with them. And I I think that's very fascinating. I think it's a a big bright spot for Dagnall because I don't know that there's a ton of coaches in the league that keep that short a leash. Um, and I think it could be a, a really beneficial thing for a lot of these young guys developments in order to understand the expectations. I think we saw it early last year with Trey Mann. That was probably the most mm-hmm. that we got to see it. Um, but we're seeing year, that treatment on everybody. Though. Exactly. Exactly. They, they don't quit school because of recess. He doesn't play games. Yeah. <laughs> He's not playing games. No, I, Boo. and I'm, I'm very fascinated to talk about this with you two, the two dads of the podcast, the mm, parents yes. of the podcast, because like, like I always do with Brooks every night, you know, seven months old, he should be contributing <laughs> around this household. Taking you he doesn't get inside yet. until taking he like the, 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 my like jackassery and jokes out of it for a second. Like <laughs> I love that style of leadership. Like this is extreme accountability, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Dagnall is very clearly saying, like, this is what I expect. And if you don't come in and do that, I'm not giving you a second chance. I'm not pulling you to the side and talking to you about it. Yeah. You do what you're supposed to do, or you're gone. Yep. Right. And like you guys as parents, me as as uh, someone who's in public education, right. like there's accountability and all those types of things. And this is like an extreme form of that, right? And guys respond to things differently, but to me it's almost i don't have a kid so i don't know what it's like to raise one (laughs) but it's very much like i have to teach this lesson and i have to teach it the hard way that's the best way because if i dick around with it now trying to fix this problem that i've let perpetuate uh come december or january is way more difficult than fixing it nipping it in the bud right in this moment and i find that really fascinating He's trying to set a culture and a style, yep. and he mentioned post-game, build habits. Mm-hmm. And if you go in there and you aren't doing those things that he wants, you're not building that habit, you have no business being out there. You're only going to be out there if you are actively building towards those habits. And um, I, I, I think it's a very, like, almost like a tough-ass way to coach. Um, but I yep. like it because... You can't get away with that if you're coaching the Lakers and you're coaching LeBron exactly. and AD yep. and Russ exactly. and Dennis Schroeder. That's what I was thinking is like the contrast from who we've had as a, as Thunder fans to see in that seat and the lack Russell of Westbrook accountability. Could have used some of that. Mm-hmm. Early oh, yes. the, there, there's a massive gap between what Mark Dagnall is and what um, uh, Scotty Brooks was. Yep. Talk about Presti learning from his mistakes, right? And I don't mean that like even as a... a joke or a slight yeah like genuinely mm-hmm. i think there's a reason we're seeing a coach like dignal compared to to scotty brooks and, and somebody like generation. scotty brooks may be better for a more veteran team but i sure. think when you're trying to develop guys 
I mean, setting that culture is. We know, so we're not important. playing games here. This isn't the pickup gym. We're not going down to the Y and and dicking around. Like, congrats on having talent. This so is legit. You know, you're gonna make it or you're gonna sink. Yep. And I think this, it's important to set that precedent, uh, set that culture, like you mentioned, Jacob. And um, you mentioned the fatherhood comparison. I think, or sorry, the parenthood comparison. I think that's a really good one as well. Like, for example, um, you know, when Brooks is three and able to talk which is crazy it, it, that's going to fly by I mean, it's not gonna get there till he's three <laughs> no or whatever when it, we're talking like complete sentences like old enough to really get in trouble when he's 17 so, and he finally takes yeah, his first step <laughs> no i hear you listen uh you know it, when my son hits his little sister in the head while they're brushing their teeth there's a lesson there's a there's a lesson to be learned and i'm not comparing um full-grown men and NBA players um, to my six-year-old son. But I, I do think that that spirit of accountability, it's it, it's important and it's habit building. The mm-hmm. the theme is there. I think that's, that's a great way to think about it. I think that it'll be interesting to see how that continues, obviously through the rest of this season. But as this team moves forward, if Dagnall is the coach, as these guys grow up and they're stars and they're entering their prime, how does that coaching... Um, mindset shift does it change a little bit or is he like popovich-esque where it's like no you, you always have the short leash it doesn't matter if you're tim duncan um i think that that'll be interesting to, to monitor moving forward a little bit totally agree totally agree i just didn't mean to go on the tangent about <laughs> coaching styles and accountability and leadership but it I is interesting i think it's important and i love it it's I interesting love- too because there's there's a little bit of like I think a, a disconnect in Thunder fans right now. I think there's some people that are very in on where we're at right now, and the Thunder fans that are not as much on board with where the Thunder are at and their developmental process. I think have issues with Dagnall, and I think that that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they see wins, losses. They see blowouts. They see, you know bad basketball on the court at times. And I think they're missing some of the nuances of things like this. And I think they're, they're important things. And I don't, I don't think you can ignore them. 100%. It's a, it's interesting. It really is, but I, I really appreciate it. And I think they're really building a culture with that. Um, We talked a lot about this game. Um, We, we mentioned some of the rotations. I think we can move on. Justin, I want to spend some of this show on our, our big weekly show doing some yep. thunder thoughts. What have we seen from three games so far and then hit around the association as well. We, we got to talk about the league Gots before we to. do that though, real quick, we got to tell the people about the sponsors for the week. What's up thunder fans. This is Jacob from the uncontested podcast. And I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C O T T O N B U R E A U.com and search the uncontested podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man step back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, 
Shay Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder Gear today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we are back. Justin, we were just talking about uh, parenthood, and I think Taylor had to make a baby run. Uh, (laughs) So just us two right now. That's okay. I want to talk some Thunder thoughts. We're three games into the regular season. I want to talk some big takeaways of what we've noticed. Uh, So we can just like ping these back and forth. You start. Okay. A big takeaway that, that you've noticed from the first three games. I think one one that cannot be ignored is the slow starts. We we talked about it a little bit specific to this game tonight, but if you look at the three games OKC has played so far, they were down 22 to 35 after the first quarter in game one. Uh, second game against Denver, the one we watched with our friends at Prairie OKC was a little better, but they were down 18 to nine pretty quick in that one about halfway through the first quarter. Got it a little close to in the in the quarter but definitely like kind of got punched in the face right off the bat. And then tonight they were down 18 to 31 after the first quarter, this team 
comes out sluggish. Credit to them, they've gotten it within single digits in all three of those games in the second half, but it is interesting. I don't know if it's youth, if that's inexperience, if it's because they're, you know, changing things up with the lineup and kind of trying new things, if it's just because they've played two really good teams in those three games. It really could be any number of things, um, but it's popped up enough that it definitely seems like a theme, and I'll, I'll be curious to watch if that shows up again on Tuesday against the Clippers or not, because the Clippers are getting their stuff pushed in by the Suns right now. Oh, are they? I haven't they are. Seen. Interesting. Um, yeah, the slow starts is maybe my biggest takeaway as well. What's the crux? Why do they start so slow? We've seen them fight back. That I mean, besides tonight, tonight doesn't count. It was a 10-point game. Wasn't really a 10-point game. They never yep. had a chance to win this game tonight. Yep. But the first two, they had opportunities with five, four, three minutes left in the game to go win the game, mm-hmm. uh, and they just weren't able to do it. So it's not like they they suck. Like they're they're pushing back and fighting. Why such slow starts? I think the the defense looks suspect to start every game. And we talked about it tonight. The Timberwolves were getting whatever they wanted at the basket. Um, it felt somewhat similar in game one. I was enjoying my Prairie Ales a little too much to know whether or not that was the case in Denver <laughs> as well. Um, but I think that defense defense is a big part of it. And I think getting shots to fall, it seems like they come out and want to take a lot of threes. And that doesn't always work out super well. Uh, tonight, they made three out of math three out of nine in the first quarter um not terrible i guess but the offense the offense feels rigid to me yeah in the first quarter it just it Mm -hmm. feels like they are they're not trying to play natural basketball it feels like sometimes in practice they'll do like drills where you have to pass the ball 10 times before you shoot or something or you have yep. to set five screens before you shoot. Yep. It feels like they're almost doing stuff like that. It just It doesn't feel natural. It feels very rigid, very forced, very intentional. It's not read and react and play. It's, it's almost like each person is afraid to shoot because they don't want to be like the ball hog or the guy that shoots. Yeah. And so uh, they're like overpassing and overthinking, and it's, it just doesn't feel natural. And then they settle in. But I don't know how you get them from to settle in from the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, totally agree. And I think Shea, especially in that first game, you know, he he looked off. He missed all of preseason. It's mm-hmm. understandable. I think there there's nuances to this. It's only three games, but I, I definitely think there there's something to that. It definitely feels kind of like um, they're thinking too much. Mm-hmm. versus like kind of getting in more of a flow, which seems to be happening later in the game. And there are some guys, Shay, Josh, J-Dub, who play more flow-like basketball that yep. I think once they start to catch a groove, we'll see that change a little bit. Um, I wish Taylor was here for me to say this, but I, oh, I think I see Taylor. I see his elbow. He I, might see, be I, I see the elbow. I think he's about to be back. <laughs> oh, no, he's leaving again. Okay. 
I didn't get to mention this earlier, so I'm going to mention it now. We, we, they, they've had a revolving door at the 4-5 mm-hmm. uh, on this team. They, the lack of physicality in the front court, the lack of size in the front court. We, I was super stoked on Poku, and then he's really struggled. Is there a chance J-Dub gets a chance to start when he is healthy? Yes. I, I think, I'm, I'm starting to really come around on that. I think not everybody, but we talked about this a little bit uh, last night as well. I think there's three starters on this team. Mm-hmm. I think the other two spots are very open for business. I, I could absolutely see J-Dub being slotted in at four to start the game and seeing you know who who goes at five next to him could be Jerry, could be Kenrich, could be Poku. If they um, started J Dub and Kenrich <laughs> in the front court, the I mean, national in, media in the right matchup, would run with the tank narrative. In the right matchup, no, I I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, Kenny Hustle cannot simultaneously be tank commander and number one trade bait. You can't you can't have it both ways. Touche, touche. <laughs> um. So that's maybe my big one. Another big one, another, another thunder theme from these first three, these big takeaways is that revolving door at the four or five. Uh, we've already seen Poku start, JRE start, and Kenrich Williams start. We've only had three starters in those two positions yep. so far, right? Yep. This next week, they have Clippers, Clippers, Mavericks. I believe that is correct. Sounds right. Whenever we are on this show seven days from now, doing a Sunday show again, how many people have started at the four slash five for Oklahoma City? We're currently at three. Poku, Kenrich, JRE. You're talking in addition to those three? In addition to those three, how many more people are we adding to the list? Oh, boy. Uh, let's keep it somewhat conservative because I think I think it'll be a mix of those three primarily. So do I. Um, man, I, does Muscala get a start? Does Baisley get a start? I was going to say that, like, my head is telling me Darius Baisley gets a shot, but man, after tonight, I don't know. Four minutes, man. Like, that's I have a, a hard time. I'm, I'm right that. there with you. That, I think I'm going Muscala gets a shot, and that's probably okay. it. If Dub that. was healthy, I would throw him in there. Um, yeah. let J Dub start against like Marcus Morris, yeah, and, and the Clippers. Or let him start against, I don't even know who plays the four for Dallas. Um, but I, I could see J-Dub, but J-Dub's not going to play this week, I don't think. Yeah, I don't either. Um, so I'm going I'm going Mike as the only one we add to that list. I'll buy that. What if Oos pops? I was just about to say, could Oos get a shot? That also feels a little bit like a stretch. Maybe later in the season. Yeah. Um, but I could see him being one of those in that revolving door position um but yeah it's a, it's a, a tough to go from four minutes to a starting spot i i don't know that we're gonna see bays get a start this next week i have a hard time seeing it uh justin what is another one of your uh thunder thoughts from this first week big takeaway from the first yeah. games um we talked about it a little bit again on the the breakdown of this game but dort's struggles specifically shooting um have been have been rough so looking at the numbers game by game, game one, three of 12 with one of six from behind the arc. Game two, three of 13, one of seven from behind the arc. Tonight, a little better. Six of 15, uh, two of seven from behind the arc. That's a lot of shots, and that's a lot of missing for Lou Dort. 
Um, I think it will be interesting to not only see do the percentages go up, but do the attempt numbers stay the same? Do they go down? Is this a short run experiment? Is this a long term change? Is this something they want to try out, you know, over 20 games plus this season where they want Dort kind of, I don't know, handling the ball, kind of creating more? Do they want to see what he can bring to the table there? Is this just something that we're doing for funsies? I think it'll be very interesting to to monitor that with Dort moving forward. Um, if If I were to guess right now, I think the attempts numbers drop a little bit. Um, I'd say maybe like two shots a game, two to three a game. Um, and I think especially when J Dub gets back, agreed. And so that that's that's part of what I'm I'm wondering is like, is this just a stopgap? Is are they wanting to try something out? I don't know. Yeah. But it's it's definitely it's been a little bit tough to watch from Dort, like you said, felt like pressing. Um, so he'll he'll be one that I'm keeping an eye on this next week for sure. Uh, Dort for the season. 30.8 minutes per game. So nearly 31. Um, he is scoring 14 points, 14.3 points on 13.3 field goal attempts. He's 30% from the field, 20% from three. Hey, sounds like a Laker. <laughs> Jesus. 5.3 <laughs> rebounds, 2.7 assists, uh, one and a half turnovers, two steals a game. Uh, second worst on the team at negative 11.3, minus 11.3. Oof. Um, Dort Dort has been on the struggle bus. Hopefully he he finds his way back. But yeah, I think when J Dub gets back, when Shea is healthy, whenever this team is back to like a kind of normal rotation, I would rather see Dort taking ten shots a game, nine shots a game, rather than thirteen. Agreed. And even tonight, I wanted. I, I think I tweeted this out. I wanted to see Trey Man get more of those shot attempts compared to Dort. In fact, there was even a stretch there when the Thunder went on a run, probably in the third quarter, prior to the the Wolves just lighting the nets on fire where Trey Mann was basically just running pure point guard, right? And it, it was right after Giddy was announced out, um, setting up teammates and also was getting some shots off himself. Uh, he was struggling from three, so he was able to go and get some mid-range shots and and drive to the rim. Like Those are the kind of shots you want to see more from Lou, not so much some of the force stuff that we've been seeing and the fact that I think the Wolves even knew just to sack off Lou and let him shoot. It's not a good shot, not a good sign. So something to keep in mind for sure. I think that's a good one, Justin. Uh, Taylor, we're talking about our big takeaways from the Thunder's first three games, our Thunder thoughts. Uh, We've mentioned Lou Dort. Obviously, you just jumped in on that. The slow starts to games, um, the revolving door at the the power forward slash center, the front court positions. Uh, What's a big takeaway from you so far in these games? Maybe an easy transition here. Two more I'm really thinking of. I think this one's a good transition because you mentioned uh, loose shooting, Justin. But shooting in general, I think it's really big for this team. SGA is one I've been thinking of. Uh, again, we won't dive super deep into this one specifically because we talked a lot about it in the, the last two post games. But the fact that he still doesn't have his legs under him, that's shown. He's not shooting well from outside right now, but was still able to score at such a high level, especially like kind of I mentioned this last night, catching his second wind in the second half. Really, really impressive stuff. But I think about Giddy, and I actually don't have the stats pulled up right in front of me. Maybe you all do. Um, but he's shooting much better from outside. Uh, still not like fantastic. Tonight he struggled more than he did the, the previous two games from outside. But 
that's pretty important. And when you see what Giddy was able to do prior to the injury tonight, driving to the rim and uh, being able to even blow, I think Justin or uh, Jacob tweeted this out from the account, blowing by guys like Jaden McDaniels. That's stuff we haven't really seen from Josh Giddy, right? That's a yep. new uh, improved strength. Uh, maybe that's a separate topic on its own. But combined with this new shooting that we've seen from him working with Chimp England as much as he has, that's really exciting. I think it's only going to not only expand Giddy's game, but open up a lot of things for the Thunder. Then the other one, Justin mentioned it earlier, uh, JRE obviously had a, a nice shooting stretch there, I think in the third quarter, yep. and really for the game as a whole, and he credited Chip England as well. So Chip's been, we know he's been spending a lot of time with Giddy, but he's obviously spending time with all these guys. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of when that pays dividends at which point for each player, if that makes sense. Like Giddy looks like it's, it's happening earlier. Um, but for Lou Dort, to your point earlier, Justin, maybe that's not until later in the season when he has more time with Chip. So it, it, it's kind of interesting, something to follow. Shitting in general It's one of my big take, takeaways. That's interesting. Uh, some interesting stats about the Thunder for shooting purposes. Uh, can you guys guess where the Thunder rank in the league in three-point attempts per game? Oh, attempts. Attempts. Seven. I was going to say ten. Third. Oh, all right. Oh they gosh. are third behind the Chuck. Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies. Wow. The they are slightly ahead of Golden State, Sacramento, wow. um, Indiana. So interesting. Mm. They're taking the third most threes yep. uh, in the league. What about so percentage? Far. Uh, percentage, they are 25th. No, hold on. 28th. Wow. Is that right? <laughs> Better that right? than last season. No, that's field goal percentage. Let me go to three point percentage. I'm oh, sorry. No. 27th. Wow. They're ahead of Minnesota, Chicago. And can you guess the worst team in the league shooting threes? The Lakers. The Lakers, baby. <laughs> Lakers. Oh, boy. Dude, that's uh, nuts. Yeah. Justin, any other big Thunder thoughts? No. I, the only other thing, and we, we talked about it a lot in regards to this game, so we don't need to dwell on it, but I think the physicality piece. Um, Dagnall stressed it so much. We we saw the short leashes. Um, I think that that's something to monitor as kind of a, a big takeaway from all three of the first three games. Um, who who can bring it? Who got that dog in them? <laughs> I agree. Totally agree. Um, Taylor, Justin and I were talking about this. I, I want to get your opinion before we move on. Um, any chance we see J-Dub get a start at the four whenever he gets healthy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I very much think so. Uh, the fact no that we've hesitation. seen Kenrich. Well, it, I just like the fact that we saw Kenrich get that that nod. I'm yeah. not saying that J-Dub would have gotten that if healthy. Um, but I think later on in the season, absolutely. Uh, just getting those guys on the floor. I, I Going back to what you guys mentioned about the physicality, uh, the things that, that that Dignall is mentioning about, you know, how these young guys can get playing time, just playing hard, playing the right way, fitting into the system, high basketball IQ. These are all things that Jada possesses. So any way they can to get him on the floor um, and just the versatility that he presents, I absolutely think so. I, I would actually be surprised if we did not see that. Interesting. Okay. Um, we all done with Thunder Thoughts, guys. We ready to move on? Yeah. Let's finish this show up with some around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> 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 
I got some categories for around the association tonight, starting the first week of NBA basketball. First one, we got we got to come to like a, a consensus on these. I think I think that makes it fun. I like it. Biggest surprise. <laughs> Which team has been the biggest surprise so far? This might be pretty easy. Consensus. This has to be. Has to be. Utah, Utah Jazz. Yeah, yeah. it's Utah. <laughs> Now, granted, uh, when I was pulling up and looking into Utah, I also saw, and again, this was a team that caught my attention, just not quite as much as the Jazz, due to like the all the trades, obviously, that they had in the offseason. But the Trailblazers, a, a team that we thought, uh, yeah. and, and I still kind of do, that, that could be one of those teams that would transition into more of a tank later in the season. They're up there with the Jazz at yep. 3-0 atop the West. So those yeah, two up teams. Up is down, know. down is up. It's very reminiscent of the Thunder post Westbrook PG trade. Very much. There's a bunch of dudes on that team, and like they're, they're solid. Not, they haven't finished tearing it down. They've just Bingo. Yep. Um, broken up their dollars into quarters. Yep. <laughs> That's a PG good analogy. And Russ. Yes. I know, right? I'm, I'm good at this, Justin. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Biggest disappointment so far. Oh, man. I mean, I'm going to go even more specific here than just a team. Uh, I even <laughs> tweeted a little bit about this, but don't you dare say the Jacob Lakers. Niffin. Oh, God dang. You meant, you meant the NBA. Russell Westbrook. This podcast. Um, look, I, I think I tweeted out something along the lines of like, Russ has always been a lightning rod for criticism. And oftentimes it was undeserved. This time it's pretty deserved. And it's really disappointing just to Bad. see Russ like, oh, you know, I was going for the two for one when there's like 30 seconds left. They're up by one. He pulls up for the uh, quote unquote what he's always called him and his father have called um, when he was growing up the cotton shot. Right. Yep. Something he was so effective at his early years in OKC. And uh, it's just so strange to me that it, something mental is going on there. I, I think it's a pretty toxic situation for Russ to be in. And as a uh, Russ fan, uh, my favorite player ever, I just really hope that this isn't his last won't be his last stop, but hopefully he has one more chapter left where he can go elsewhere and kind of revive at this last part of his career. So I think Russell Westbrook in general is my biggest disappointment, but that obviously falls into the big umbrella that is the Los Angeles Lakers. I think for Russ to have another chapter where he's effective, he would have to accept reality, and he's, he's having yes. a very tough time doing that right now. It, it reminds point. me, the the closest like recent parallel that I can come up with is Melo. I knew you were going there. Yeah, me too. It was me? very obvious what Who, Mello me? needed to do, and Mello didn't want to do it. And eventually, he embraced it and had a nice little, you know, finale. Maybe Russ can do the same, but until he does, it's sad. Yeah, and it it's, makes it's me really sad. bad. Justin, was, who, who was your biggest disappointment? I was gonna say um, the Philadelphia 76ers. That was mine too. Sitting Ooh. at zero and three. Joel That's Embiid looks like rough. he does not care. Yeah, James Harden is just dribbling, you know, nine hundred billion times times a game, and uh, yeah, that's rough. That's rough out in Philly. They've played really good teams, true, but yeah, they just look bad, and Embiid just looks like he doesn't care. He looks like he wants out of there, and that's a problem. That is that's a massive a problem. problem. Massive problem. Best performance for this one. I was thinking individual, but if you had a team performance, you could go with that as well. This one's tough because there, there's been some flashy numbers so far, uh, it, specifically scoring. Do you have one in mind, Justin? I do. I have one too. I bet me and Justin are the same. I have a ja player in mind. 
Morant. Jaw going for 49, Dude. eight assists. Yeah. Beating guys shot off the glass, yes. getting shot out of a damn cannon. Jaw. I think that's that's the correct answer. Uh, Jaw doesn't Arnold... get shot out of a cannon. Jaw gets shot out of like that bunker <laughs> deep in the cannon. mountains that like shoots the nuclear bombs. <laughs> that's what Jaw gets shot out of. Jaw's a rail gun. Just... Yeah. Jaw gets shot out of the thing that launch not launches cannonballs, but launches missiles across continents. <laughs> Nuclear warfare, John Morant. John Morant. Oh um, man! I think honorable man- mention. I, I know. I think Luca and Giannis mm-hmm. both went for forty points. Yep. Um, God, what Giannis did, did to Houston was illegal. But the one I <laughs> he was had like forty of, points in twenty five yeah. minutes. Oh my gosh, that was crazy. Uh, honorable mention to Dame Lillard. Who again, yeah, it's kind of the reason that the, the Blazers are three and oh. Yep. 41 points October 21st, 41 points tonight against the Lakers. Uh he's on a tear right now. Also, honorable mention the rookie uh potential rookie of the year candidate, Benedict Benedict Matherin. Hey, he's I been believe good. I'm, I believe I'm on record on this very podcast saying I kind of liked him better as a prospect than I did um Jabari Smith Jr. Hey oh he is I invalidated my one week sample size. <laughs> he is a good basketball player. Um, best game. Ooh. Thunder Nuggets, because we got to watch it with our friends. Hey, yes. that's a good answer. The real um, tanking is the friends you make along the way. <laughs> uh, I might go. I mean, Clippers Lakers battle for LA was a pretty fun one. I watched that one. What yeah, was that Thursday too. night? Um, I'm trying to think of other games that were fun ones that I've actually seen. Uh, I mean, Philly Boston opening night was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. There was, um, well, there's two tonight. The da- the, the Dallas Jazz. comeback or yeah. no, sorry, not the Dallas comeback. The Phoenix comeback against Dallas, um, was a yeah. fun one. I think that was like the second night. Who was the, the backup point guard who they played? Damian Lee. Yeah. Damian Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Dame time, baby. Um, there was one at the one before the Battle of LA. Why am I going blank on this? I thought that was a really good game. Gosh, was that Boston? Remember. No, that was Philly, Milwaukee, right? Yeah, Philly, Milwaukee. Yeah, that, that was another was good fun. one. Some big Titans going at it, and then the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> they suck, dude. It's so it makes bad. me so mad that the Pelicans are going to end up with Victor Wembanyama. Yep, because <laughs> they have the Clippers pick or Just the, the Lakers pick, pick, pick in general, yeah. or lottery pick in general. Biggest expectation shift from preseason or even before preseason. Which team have you looked at and said, wow, that they better worse, but my, my expectations has taken the biggest jump. There's a few interesting candidates here. Um, So I'm interested to see who you guys think. The jazz are an easy one. We've already talked about them. See, um, my expectations haven't shifted for the jazz. I think they're still going to end up tanking that's and fair. sucking. Yeah, um, I do too. But that's fair. We, we've already mentioned one of mine, which is Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte's at two and one and smoke the Hawks tonight. I was thinking Charlotte and the Spurs yeah. are two, uh, two more. Oh, I, I don't know. Spurs don't do it for me. What about the um, Kings at 0 and 3? They've been competitive, though. One. They've That's been fair. competitive. Um, another team we mentioned that my expectations kind of shifted on Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Taylor, Taylor mentioned them. They they look good, uh, especially when they bench Nurkic, which I like because I'm not a <laughs> Nurkic fan. Um, I got one more too. 
and this is more of an in a negative sense, but the Phoenix Suns, I know they came back and beat the Mavericks, then they end up losing again, again. Super, super small sample size. We're talking two games here. They're up they big the on third. the Clippers right now. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, so that's that would be their third. Um, I think some people would say New Orleans, but I thought New Orleans would be good. Uh, yeah. They lost to the Jazz tonight, but they've been <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah. B.I., C.J. McCollum, Zion got hurt tonight. So uh, if you got to take a drink every time Zion's hurt, you might as well <laughs> go and buy your coffin now. Um, but... Uh, last one. You're way too early MVP. Ooh. Benedict Matherin, obviously. 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 <laughs> wow. That's a fun one. I. It's hard in just three games, but Jason Tatum. I think Tatum averaging right 35 now. points a game on 21 shots, 59% from the field, 33% from three. Eight rebounds, three assists, a steal, and nearly two blocks. He's absurd. Absurd. Lucas still got to be up there. I mean, he's been up ridiculous stats. Same for Giannis. Dame's been insane. Giannis has been good. Trying to think of like a... Off the wall. Oh, uh, Donovan Mitchell has been fantastic with with the Cavs. That's a good one. He was getting MVP chance tonight. In yeah, of course he would, though. <laughs> of course like, I'm not, not, not to shit on Cavs fans, but like you got to gas up your guy yeah, that you just true, traded for. Right. True. That's right. Yeah. So Shea's still, Shea still sitting Shea. at 10th uh, in, in the league in scoring. So you got to love that. Imagine. Solid. Got to love it. Um, yeah, I think Jason Tatum right now is my MVP vote. Indubitably. <laughs> Guys, any other thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, one guy we didn't mention, Paul George, been playing well. And the third right, I'm pumping the outro music now. Week. We're not talking about Paul George here. Taylor's just gone. Tweak. Phaeton Center. Awesome. Well, <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We really appreciate you. It's been a busy week for the Uncontested. The watch party last night was incredible. Thank you guys so much for coming out. We've got a full week planned for you guys. Tuesday night, we have the Thunder versus the Clippers at home. Uh, I believe Taylor is covering that one for you guys. Thursday night, it's the Clippers at home. Again, part two, the sequel, JD, will be covering that one for you. Taylor and I will be at that game live where my guy uh, Taylor is going to be wearing his Paul George jersey. He's already gassing him up here on the show. He's going to be cheering on Paul George that night for a bet he lost against me. Saturday, we have Justin covering the Thunder versus the Mavericks. I got to get a little shout out to myself. Saturday, I will not be watching because it's my one-year anniversary. Oh, hey. very cool. Together, 11 years, married for one. You just got to make sure, man. You, you got you to give it a decade Pace to make yourself. sure it's the right person, you know? And then then Sunday, we are right back here again for your weekly show, 9 p.m. Central Time. So make sure you join us there. Folks, stay safe, stay lit. And as always, thunder up.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.